on the Talking Health Tech podcast, we recently touched on the topic of blockchain and Web3 and the metaverse and the role of all of that in healthcare. And no matter whether you're heaps bullish on it or NGMI, which stands for not going to make it, by the way, I had to look it up. Regardless, it pays to know more about the potential that technologies like Web3 and blockchain bring to health. Speaking of paying to know, imagine if these types of technologies could pay people to do things. So we spoke before on the show about play to earn type games where people earn money, crypto for playing video games. Well, what about move to earn? What if you could earn money by exercising and staying healthy? Well, with me today, I'm chatting with Damien King from Pummel Better Health. And in this episode, we'll dive deep into more about blockchain, Web3, crypto, DAOs, and healthcare, and lots more too. Collaboration starts with a conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Birch, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Damien King. He's a crypto native developer and investor and founder of Move to Earn Platform Pummel, who are improving health and well-being through crypto and athlete NFTs. Damien, how are you going? Hey, Peter. Awesome intro, and uh, thanks so much for having us on uh, Talking Health Tech. Mate, it's great to have you on the show, and I'm excited that we get to do this before the Autumn Summit as well, too, because I think we'll be able to release this episode just before you join a panel at the Autumn Summit on the 12th of May, talking about some of the things we're, we're chatting about today, actually. But it's good to be able to sit down beforehand and kind of go through it with you. So thanks for making the time. Now, firstly, for those that don't know you, tell us a bit more about you and your background. Sure thing. Yeah. So um, beautiful introduction, crypto native. I like that. Um, <laughs> so I say crypto native because my background's engineering, computer technology. I spent a lot of time in the UK working as a software engineer and then essentially up into a management role. But in 2012, I heard about uh, Bitcoin. Actually, in 2011, I think one of my developers at Virgin at the time started to talk about this uh, white paper and got my interest. And I started to look into it and um, I started mining on my computer in 2012. And then I brought a Bitcoin miner and really started to enjoy the benefits of mining. So very early on, um, I've always been close to blockchain and crypto. Traveled quite a lot in 2018 after sort of the big pump of 2017. Went to a lot of crypto conferences and survived the 2019 crypto winter. <laughs> so yeah, I've been around for a little while. I've also um, done startups and I've obviously invested crypto back into crypto projects. I was an ICO expert and yeah, my latest project is obviously uh, Pummel. Nice one. I've got a feeling that we're going to have a good mix of people listening to this episode. Some that might know the crypto space pretty well, but wanting to learn more about its application in healthcare. But then there'll be a lot from the other side, which is know a lot about healthcare and not a great deal about crypto. So when you were talking about, you know, all of the, the riding the wave and then the crypto winter, so it sounds like it's been a bit of a, a wild ride to get to this point in terms of crypto, like kind of like when it rains, it pours and then vice versa. Is that kind of right for those that don't really know about it? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's had highs and lows. Obviously, in the early days when I was in the UK, you could buy, um, you know, a Bitcoin for about £4.40 off eBay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you have obviously had highs and lows, but generally there's been appreciation. But with the altcoins, particularly, there's been what we described uh, the crypto winter. And those who are traders, not necessarily into crypto, are very familiar with bull markets versus bear markets. And so... Mm. It's always up and down, both with alts, Bitcoin, and now really in the NFT space, there's sort of similar bull and bear indicators that can affect you daily, I suppose. Interesting, interesting. And so Pummel, that's your thing. Tell us a bit about that, what that is, who's it for, and what problems it solve. Yeah, sure. So um, I suppose I really started to pique my interest with Ethereum. Um, So Ethereum, for those who haven't really looked into it, was uh, the first real smart contract distributed protocol, i.e. it allows you to run software similar to in the cloud, but on a peer-to-peer node exchange. And so what this means is you essentially cut out the middleman, which is centralization, and allows you as a software developer to run code throughout the world on multiple nodes at once. And so this was, I suppose, the first movement when it comes to applications of blockchain. And we uh, particularly saw two possible use cases. One was, can you decentralize your data? Mm and everyone take ownership of their data and two can we incentivize people to be healthy through rewards because blockchain is essentially what we call incentivized networks Uh, so i.e you're paying someone to do something and in the same way pummel the original white paper which was written in august 2018 um, so we're one of the very first what we described today is a move to earn platform which is we're paying people to be healthy and a preventative health system rather than the other way around. Yeah, cool. And so incentivizing people by paying them to do it, like why do you need blockchain to be able to, like couldn't you just pay people to do stuff with normal money or is that too simplistic? Um, No, there is um, elements to that which can be done. In most scenarios, there is opportunity to use existing systems for payments, but at the heart of blockchain is it's incentivized network. And so you don't need a centralized system because everything's decentralized. Mm. So the beauty is in our platform, and we'll talk a little bit about DAOs going forward, but ultimately a company could be removed and people are still earning through deflationary token and price appreciation as well as NFT appreciation. So Mm. it becomes its own organic platform that continues on regardless of if the company goes bust or into liquidation. So it's a very different way of thinking about how to incentivize people. Mm. And that kind of comes to my next question too, because we touched on Web3 recently on the podcast and when you say a different way of thinking about it. So tell us a bit for those that aren't fully across. And sometimes you need to be told these things a few times to be able to fully understand, but help explain what Web3 actually is. Well, yeah, I think uh, a good answer is lots of people have different opinions on Mm. what Web3 is. Uh, My answer is probably different to other people's. But um, really, if you look at Web2, you saw massive growth in centralized social networks like Twitter and Facebook and things like that. And one of the key differences, which again, has just been explaining what blockchain is, is it's all about peer-to-peer networking, which is decentralized. 
And ultimately what that means is Web3 is all about ownership. So I own my authentication, which means I can go to any website and I can log in with my own authentication. Uh, I own my own wallet. And what that means is I own all of my custodian, you know, there's no custodianship of my tokens or my digital currency. Mm. And I can potentially own NFTs and a proportion of a DAO, which is a decentralized autonomous organization, similar to a co-op, all from my own wallet and data. So ownership is the simple answer. Mm, got it. Got it. You touched on a few times this, this concept of move to earn and, and movement finance. What's that all about? So yeah, move to earn, uh, the concept is trying to pay people to be healthy, but you know, ultimately we are taking the model where an athlete gets paid or sponsored to be healthy in the same way we think all humans should be encouraged to be healthy, whether or not they're encouraged by their employer, like their corporate, mm. uh, their school, their government or even the brands they interact with. And so we were the first company ever to bring Move to Earn to corporates. We signed some very large companies here in Australia and they ultimately buy our coin as a gamification element and then they run things like step challenges and sleep challenges, meditation challenges, activity challenges. And so it's quite a fun gamified way to get healthy and fit and you earn obviously the cryptocurrency that can be exchanged for, you know, general items like iTunes cards, or it can also be exchanged if you enter your private key into what we call USDT or Tether or other cryptocurrencies. Mm. You mentioned you've been doing it for a while because I know Pummel joined as a THT Plus member, I'm pretty sure pre-COVID as well. So, you know, like you say, you've been doing this for a bit and been doing quite a similar thing, whereas, you know, there's a lot of emerging kind of platforms that come out quickly, particularly post-COVID or through the whole crypto boom and different, like trying to ride that wave. So you've been doing it for a while. How have you seen that kind of acceptance of this kind of, you know, move to earn platform or capability, particularly in the corporate space? Is it increasing in, um, in interest from those organizations? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's some pretty interesting trends happening at the moment. So on one side, you're seeing more and more poor physical and mental health amongst employees. You're seeing more sort of isolation and this what we describe epidemic of loneliness. And so I think uh, more than ever before, when you sort of layer this with, you know, the great resignation, mm. uh, corporates are looking at ways to engage your employees to get them healthy physically and mentally. And by offering a move to earn platform that has, I suppose, the promise of the employees owning their own data and also being able to leave, say, a company like Deloitte and go to another company and take all their own data and all their own rewards, it's quite unique. And so this sort of Web3 model is becoming more and more popular and you'll see more and more move to earn platforms uh, over the next six to 12 months. It's uh, super bullish on move to earn at the moment, which is great because mm. we've obviously done a lot of work in the background, building up our business and putting ourselves at the, the forefront. And I think too, there's something about, you know, building it on blockchain where from a employee's perspective where they're earning, they're doing things. And like you say, if they move to another organization, it's not like they've earned some kind of organization coin that they can only use while they're employed, where it's a very employer kind of 
centric view. And, you know, from my experience of these types of employee engagement tools or wellness tools, if they're done poorly, they come across as almost contrived or very, you know, employer focused. So I think having something that's truly with the employer in mind of not just giving them something because the employer is trying to be nice about it or trying to report on their corporate social responsibility or whatever side of their company reports, but they're genuinely taking an interest in their employees, even if they did move on. So it's a different way of thinking about the whole problem to be solved. And uh, like you say, as well, that perhaps incentivizing people to be more active by earning from a financial perspective is that kind of trigger that we need within this environment where increasing chronic disease and increasing issues of obesity, um, potentially this is a, a way out of all that mess. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, the data is really clear when people are more active, they are simply, you know, have a, a higher physical and mental health. And we sort of have tiers of um, trying to connect people through social pressure. Uh, so when you do have mm. the corporate sort of running these challenges and we do, we suggest one challenge a quarter, it could be like a push-up challenge, a dry July, it could be, you know, a step or activity challenge. But for that challenge, everyone's on the journey together. It's quite a lot of fun. It's social. They can see each other's data because you connect with your Fitbit, Garmin, Apple Health, etc. And then we even have a tipping feature in there. So as your wallet builds up with our coin, you can tip other people or send them affirmations. It's quite a cool way to interact compared to sort of some of the stale old corporate wellness mm. platforms. Yep. Um, and yeah, the key thing is it's employee focused. So that employee retains all their own data. And essentially, if they leave companies, they pull everything with them, which is the promise of having a decentralized platform rather than like a Web2 platform. Mm. Uh, and yeah, we're obviously, we'll talk about a little bit some of our future plans, but we're definitely moving more into the consumer space, which is exciting as well, which again makes that employee more at the center of the product. Very interesting. Before we get to all of that, I, I want to get your take on blockchain generally and its role in healthcare. You touched on as well, decentralizing of healthcare data. And we've talked about just now with the movement side, what role do you see blockchain playing in healthcare? Yeah, well, I think healthcare is obviously the slow mover in the space. Uh, we've seen lots of industries be disrupted by blockchain already, uh, particularly supply chain, authentication, and, um, you know, a number of other different industries, whereas health tech is always very, very slow to move. And that's somewhat constrained by government regulation. The ultimate for us and that initial sort of pillar that we built um, Pummel around was data ownership. And so we believe that in the future, everyone should own their own data and blockchain is the only way where you can fully decentralize that data so that it's not set at any organization. You can do that in multiple ways. You can obviously store some of the data on distributed systems like file systems like IPFS, or you can also encrypt some of that data and actually connect it or prove it, create a proof record on blockchain so that's protected and proven and not changed. So no one has really got to what we call a full digital distributed health record. And that's sort of because the essence of distributed networks are that they can be anywhere and they're not controlled by regions. And what we ultimately need is like a sharded blockchain where you can keep GDRP data in Europe and you know, Australian data on Australian soil and trying to get some of that regulation elements into a distributed network, which hasn't been achieved yet. But I think there's, um, you know, a lot of promise around some of the new layer two solutions, which means they're one layer back from like 
the Ethereum platform, and they allow you to run side chains where we uh, ultimately want to create a distributed, but sharded blockchain network where data can obviously comply with government regulations. Mm, mm. I want to get your take on this too, because all of this, it's such a you know, everyone talks about going down the rabbit hole of blockchain and, and such interesting things to learn. And it's really exciting about all the different technologies and the decentralizing of data. And I feel like a lot of people can get caught up in all of that and sometimes lose sight of the problems that need to be solved. So how do you kind of find that balance between being really immersed in this space of understanding the technology, what the potential is, but then actually finding meaningful applications in, you know, healthcare fitness to be able to, in the end, create something that isn't just cool, but actually would get used and would solve problems. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, it's very hard when you are, you know, 10 feet down Mm. into their technology and things like that. But ultimately, um, you know, customers are the best way to sort of uh, (laughs) balance Mm. you out. We have some pretty great customers with lots of needs that sort of bring us back to the real world at times and about how, you know, we obviously need to think about those fundamental issues of trying to improve people's health and well-being, trying to keep engagement up, you know, even all these gamification metrics and these healthy habit triggers because of, you know, I suppose the last two to three years of exhaustive notifications are still becoming Mm. very difficult to get people engaged. And I think engagement's one of the biggest problems for any corporate or business. Mm. So yeah, it's great to, uh, you know, take your head up, talk to the customer and then actually look at the the data of how your product is being used and what needs to change. And we're essentially trying to bridge web two and web three. That's always been our purpose to make the technology really not at the forefront and rather make it as a secondary thing and allow people to, you know, have that fun of gamification and earning rewards, but not having to understand, you know, what a private key is necessarily on the first day, but it's like a education path that we bring them on. And after they've used the platform for a while, and particularly with what we're doing with NFTs, it's a great way to sort of educate people over time. And then that tech starts to surface up next to the product. Absolutely. Hey, I want to get into a few other things as well, but also just as you were talking, who are the types of organizations that are taking up Pummel and supporting their employees in their health journey? Is it the very big organizations or smaller, more kind of switched on organizations or a bit of both? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I think for us, we're particularly sort of aiming for global organizations where we can obviously have a a larger impact in multi-regions because although we're an Australian company, we're trying to expand into Southeast Asia and other Mm. countries as well. But yeah, we have a a range of well-known brands that you'd probably recognize. I'm not sure we can go through all the details of them, but yeah, we have some of the logos on our site. Yeah, cool. We'll make sure the link's there for people to check out in the show notes this episode. One thing we haven't touched when it comes to blockchain and Web3 and healthcare is this concept of DAOs and their application in healthcare innovation. Do you see a role that DAOs have in this space? Yeah, definitely. Um, although, again, like I said, I think healthcare is probably going to be the, the last mover on here, but mm. uh, we're certainly trying to drive this. So um, for the listeners who perhaps haven't heard of a DAO, it's a decentralized autonomous organization. As I mentioned before, it's similar to a co-op and they're generally facilitated through sales of NFTs. And so our platform is actually doing athlete NFTs. 
Uh, so a good example is, you know, you can buy an athlete NFT and that gives you access to certain things. One, it allows you to enter the athlete challenge and be able to train with the athlete. So that's part of our consumer proposition. So you can see the athlete steps or their water hydration or whatever it is that the athlete challenge is. You can follow along and be motivated by, you know, working out with your favorite athlete as a fan and you can earn one of those NFTs. And when you own one of those NFTs, it gives you certain utility. So it could be you might be able to do a meet and greet with athlete in the metaverse. So we have an athlete hub in Decentraland where you can um, have the athlete come in there and virtually meet the athlete. Um, and we also have a partnership with a bar and an NFT members club on the Gold Coast called MetaBar. So we'll be doing athlete events at the bar and you'll be able to come along if you have one of the NFTs and meet the athlete in the bar. So some pretty cool, cool. sort of ideas around the utility of the NFT. But the other thing it can be used for is what we call governance. And so you can then start to make decisions. And this has been used quite a lot in, say, the sports industry um, with a company called Chili's where you can ultimately own fan tokens of a club and that allows you to vote on certain things. It could be the colour of the jersey for next year. It could be the theme song. It could be who gets sacked. Um, and so the governance element of a DAO is really interesting. And most DAOs will have a treasury. So when they sell their NFTs, They'll put a percentage of the trading fees and the original mint fees into a treasury, much like a co-op would. And then those fees can be distributed to DAO NFT members or holders of the NFT and you can derive income from it. Very cool. It's, it's so cool. Like, and it's funny too, like there could be people listening who think, well, that seems fun, but that doesn't really solve, I, I can't see that happening in healthcare, but like you say, like if, if you, I guess anyone that listening that has kids that are over the age of, you know, 15 years old will probably actually know quite a fair bit about it because it happens in a lot of other industries and not just with kids either. I think that if you're not mindful of these types of trends coming through and what's already being applied in other industries, then there is that concern that you could leave it too long. So I think it's, even if it seems like a lot of new concepts and, and ideas that are probably a little bit far out for healthcare, it's worth being across what's going them now to keep up. So yeah. It's yeah. Really well, um, yeah, personally, we're very bullish on trying to disrupt health insurance. Uh, that will be interesting to see. How mm. But you know, the concept of a DAO just works perfect for health insurance with Pummel, if all the Pummel members join the DAO, they contribute into that treasury. We have an existing pool of cash that can be voted on to go back to the users and as a community, so it's all about community. Uh, it could be the healthiest people. We know that the healthiest people joining the particular DAO and that DAO has a, a heavy treasury to draw on if people do need insurance. So that's just one example that could be fully disrupted. Yeah, yeah. Really interesting. I'm keen to watch the, the progress of that. So that's cool. Tell us a bit more about like what we can expect from Pummel in the future over the next 6, 12, 24 months. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as I mentioned, um, we sort of started off as probably the first company to bring crypto to corporates through our corporate wellness program and our move to earn. And so this year we're doing a new token called Pummel X. And we're releasing that out to the public and that has some pretty cool staking mechanisms. So that's the idea of locking up the coin and getting yield from that. 
And we're also working with a bunch of Australian and international athletes and launching a whole bunch of NFTs. So that concept we spoke about before of training with the athlete, we've been working with the Queensland government to um, get young women between the ages of 14 and 24 into sport and active. And we've got some amazing female athletes on our platforms. Kira Austin is running a challenge this month. She's a netballer who played for the Diamonds. I think she plays for the Vixens at the moment. And uh, it's just great to see the young girls following her along getting healthy and earning some crypto and so we're going to really keep on pushing that consumer product and integrate what we call movement finance which is the ability to stake and earn out of our wider treasury love it damien i'm going to put some details in the show notes of this episode for people can check out more about pummel better health and the things that you're doing and definitely worth following along we've got your listing on the talking health tech directory as well where we'll see news events and jobs being posted by pummel in the future too i'm sure but look damien all the best for the future can't wait to hear more from you at the autumn summit as well on the 12th of may speak to you then thanks so much for having me peter and thanks for listening everyone Thanks for listening to the show. Check out TalkingHealthTech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen.